Personally, I liked the fire one more. The fire one was funnier to me, but I couldn't come up with any jokes for it. I can only come up with for or with jokes. Or I can only come up with right? jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm having a stroke. I think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> And welcome back to the Fix That For You podcast, the embarrassment advice podcast where we try and give you some great advice and sometimes we accidentally give terrible advice, but it's up for you to decide. I am your co-host, Mitch Hessian. I am your co-host, Kyle Reinen. And I'm your co-host, Caleb Carson. And you're going to be the listener for this one, okay? So you guys just sit there, sit back, just relax. Let us take the wheels for a little bit and we are going to help you get your life back on the road. With some sweet, smooth jazz. Oh, wait, Frank, that's my other podcast. Sorry. (laughs) That's my jazz history podcast. Stupid, stupid. You can't see this right now because this is an audio experience and not a visual one, but we are actually in a brand new studio. Yeah, we're super excited about it. We actually have our own space now where it's just us alone, just three boys hanging out in a dark room with some microphones and a laptop. Yeah, we always we record with the lights off just to really keep it honed in on that audio experience. Really tune us into our voices. I have so much more room in this space. I, I can I can move my left arm a lot. I have a lot of dexterity with that i like to do that in my when i'm recording anyways you know just kind of you know move, move the arms up and down and just get that blood pump right mm. to that brain socket yeah, yeah for sure for yeah. sure so we're really loving <laughs> this new studio thank you caleb so much for for finding this for yeah us. no problems man uh, it's, a, it's a little expensive don't you think so uh i thought it was pretty good rate considering you know we're downtown and uh you know in manhattan's really expensive so we all did have to get uh, a second job mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as fan fiction editors um, but don't worry, we've been recording it, and if you guys are lucky, we might uh, put a little bit of that in this episode. Um, it's a new segment we're going to call Fix That Fan Fiction, so keep listening and stay tuned for that. So at some point during this episode, it, kind of, it will just kind of depend on where I want it to go, I guess. Um, Kyle, how was your weekend? Uh, my friend Noah came over, and we hung out. Noah invited me and a couple other people to start playing a role-playing game called Warhammer. Uh, so we put my character together. I am a rogue trader, which basically means I'm a space pirate. So this is fulfilling some of my deepest dreams of my life. Why don't you just call it a space pirate then? Uh, I didn't make the rules. (laughs) Do you care to share? I just break them in the game. (laughs) Do you you care to share your character's name with us? Yeah, my character's name is Moses Pelethra. (laughs) Okay. Uh, you have any background information on Oh, that? yeah. I got a backstory. Okay. Can sure. you describe his, his person also? I just really want to get a, a picture from um, who, who I'm talking to. All right. So at the point that I would begin playing Moses, um, he would have been about 90 years old, uh, which is not old in the 40K universe. Um, is he not a human? He's a human. But at this point, in thousands and thousands of years in the future, humans have you know altered their bodies enough they can live longer. He's a he's cyborg space like a, pirate. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't just call him like a cyborg. No, he's, all bi- he's all, it's all, it's all uh, biological. biological yeah, yeah. So there's no sort of mechanisms within his 
body that would maybe there's nano i mean i'm just pirate that, i'm me, just a pirate i don't now know to me when you say nano that to me sounds like a cyborg i'm just a pirate i just steal the treasure i don't i don't know why i'm a biologist does he even have does he not even have like a metal peg leg well that's one thing that i'm working towards like, <laughs> i want to get him a peg leg so he will sure. become a cyborg by the eventually yeah no doubt no doubt. okay okay yeah. so if that's what you're looking for he will be a cyborg i was really just trying to, to railroad you in that direction <laughs> <Yeah>. okay <got laughs> it. Well, railroading myself. What's he look like? Uh, that I'm not so sure on. I mean, I guess just because I'm, I mean, he's white probably. Do you mind? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. I mean, I didn't think about it. Do you mind if if maybe we, um, create what your character looks like here? Sure. Go for it. I would love this. All right. Um, so we need a baseline to start. Uh, Caleb, who would you like to use as our template? Um, well, the template of course has to be, I think one of our founding forefathers. Okay, I like so, it. So, oh, I agree, I agree. I'd say pull from one of them. You know, it, it could be anyone. I don't care. I really like the idea of Peyton Manning because I think there's a lot of potential <laughs> He's got the good there. bone structure for it. That forehead, there's a lot of potential. Mm, there's a, a lot, lot of space on yeah, the forehead. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like you could put like a lot of space tattoos on that thing. <laughs> oh, maybe, pirates oh, do have space tattoos. Maybe you could like r- draw your treasure map on your forehead and like... There you go. You could only read it. So so when someone looks at it, it, they're reading it backwards. But when you look into a mirror, that's when only you can read it. <laughs> Actually, no. What it, what it is is with his space crew is they project all their maps and they project it onto your forehead <laughs> so that they can look at it. Can you get a picture of Peyton Manning up on your phone right yeah, now? Yeah, I can pull up a picture of Peyton Manning on my phone right now. You, sh- you should even Peyton. try to search Peyton Manning Pirate. Manning. See what comes up. That's true. I could search Peyton Manning Pirate. Peyton Manning Pirate. I just pirate. feel like uh, then all the work would be done for us. And That's true. There wouldn't be any reason to yeah. do this podcast anymore. I would just right. pack yeah, up Yeah, we leave. would just quit and be done with it. Which I have pre- <laughs> Did you find it? Look at that projector screen of a forehead, that's, man. Okay, that's there is some there is okay. some space on that. What we're looking at right now is a picture of Peyton Manning in his Denver Broncos jersey. He's it looks like the sun is kind of in his eyes. I, I kind of like the the look of that as a as a space pirate mm. um, being out in space. Mm-hmm. You know, you're always the sun is the sun. always in your eyes. Right, it's always in your eyes. Twinkle so, in my eye. Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe your pirate's always squinting. How about okay? Um. Okay, so he's got a giant forehead. He's always squinting. Yes. Um, I would like to see some sort of incorporation with Michael Sarah into this. If we can, <laughs> if we can maybe pull that off. Somehow. Okay, so one of his arms is really skinny, and then the other one's normal sized. Okay, mm. I like that. Maybe like a flat butt too. Mm-hmm. Flat, flat butt. Uh, no calves either. What about that molestache? That famous, famous molestache that Michael Sarah has. Okay, I kind of really like that as well. Yeah. Okay, but so it has to be made of nano parts. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> it's like it's nano like, mustache. Yeah, it's like kind of like friskily, metally mustache, like kind of mm, like yeah, it, it prickles on its own autonomy. Like oh, I, I like, love that <laughs> autonomous nano mustache. Okay, so we got self irritating. So, <laughs> self irritating. <laughs> It'll tickle yeah. you. <laughs> okay, so he's got a huge forehead. He's he's always squinting, and he has kind of a prickly, whiskly. What do you call it? A self-irritating nanopart. Nanopart. Nanotechnology mus- molestache. <laughs> it's a bit of a mouthful, so just use the Latin term stash. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let, let's uh, actually do what we're here to do. Oh. Um, what the listeners come here to and expect from us every single Monday. We can't let them down. So let's do. Let's get into that first story. All right. This first story is brought to us by Pusha Shank. This happened a few years ago, but I hate thinking about it. And I thought I had to share. The story begins, innocent enough, I'm heading to my afternoon class in my first year of university and decide to grab some lunch at the cafeteria. My meal of choice was a chicken and veggie wrap with a spicy sauce from this build-your-own pita shop that we had on campus and, of course, a bottle of water. The sauce was a critical mistake. 
So off I go to class. It's a large lecture hall with most of the seats taken. I arrive and find a seat and I start to eat my lunch. I finish and the spicy sauce had kind of pooled at the bottom of the wrapper. Mm. I decided it would be a good idea to crumple up the wrapper and put it inside the water bottle I got and toss it out after class. Hmm. Now, here's when the fun starts. As I'm squishing this foil into a size that can fit into the plastic water bottle, I reach the bottom where all of the hot sauce is pooled. All this squeezing has built up a fair amount of pressure inside the pocket of the spicy Ooh, liquid. It's like, a, it's like a spicy pimple. It's, it's ready to it's pop. About to pop. Ooh, Ooh, no. Without thinking, I squeeze this pocket, and the spicy sauce shoots out and lands all over the face of the guy sitting next to me. And he starts searching for napkins, which I don't have. And he, and he was trying to get the burn out of his eyes. And I'm stuck in this packed lecture hall, unable to assist or leave. So she didn't. She slash he didn't get any sauce in their eyes. It was Not just... their own. It was only somebody else. <laughs> oh man, I'd call that a win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like somebody else's problem. That's it just... just shoots out of that like a rocket right into his freaking eyeballs. Oh, man. Let's put a nice little bow on that one and move on. Yeah, yeah. move it on. <laughs> yeah, just uh, rinse and repeat. I I think is the advice there. The, the... Keep going to class. Keep popping hot sauce. Pop keep, keep hot sauce in your neighbor. <laughs> that that Doesn't actually sound sounds like a real phrase. Yeah. Actually, hot sauce like if your you're, you're hot sauce on someone, that's kind of like you're you're flirting and like leading them on and then mm, not following through. With mm, anything. Yeah, I think that's what that means. Maybe that's the real story here. I think it is, um, which is kind of what I was going to bring up is, is mm-hmm. the person, do they know the person next to him? Are they friends? Are they enemies? Um, I just said that too long didn't reach you, didn't know them. Mm-hmm. So it's gone on some guy I didn't know. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, uh, excellent then. So one, we know they're a liar because uh, they obviously knew this person. And two, they obviously did this on purpose and they're quite brilliant really mm. to so subtly throw hot sauce into somebody's eyeballs like that and then play it off and then put it on reddit to make it seem like it was even more of an accident that was unintentional yeah. no this person did it on purpose for sure it means that she's just trying to get some some space in her university, mm. uh, university right, some sa- some safe like, space okay so here's what we know here's what we know about this university lecture hall it's crowded Mm-hmm. And that's about it. That's all we really know about this. <laughs> so we don't even know if there's lectures. You don't want to, for real. We don't know if there's anything that's being taught. Yeah. But what I do know is that it's crowded in here, and you don't want to be stuffed into a crowded lecture hall for an hour to an hour and a half. So what are you gonna do to you know get some get some extra elbow room? You're gonna splash some freaking hot water in your neighbor's eye. <laughs> that's gonna teach them to sit next to you next time. That you know, and everyone else is gonna see it. Oh, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it's hot sauce girl. Oh, that, yeah, that, that's hot water sauce girl over there. She splashes it in, in everybody's eyes. Don't don't sit by that freak. I do feel very, like, I feel really bad for this guy because, you know, he probably had, like, some plans after this. He was going to go, you know, do some homework in the quad, go back to his dorm and play some Super He Smash probably had Bros. a hot date, bro. He might have even had He might have even date. had a date. And, but, like, no, no, uh, Pusha Shank had other plans for him. She's going to spray some hot sauce in his eye. He's going to have to go to the hospital to flush that crap out. Yeah, honestly. I mean, even if you had napkins at this point, like, the burn is set in. Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's deep a, it's, in there, right in the retina. It's an, it's an oh. inch thick already, and you're not going to... Wait, what? There's an, an inch thick. <laughs> there's an inch of hot sauce on this guy's eyeballs. I've never measured hot sauce in inches. Well, that's what the Scoville skill is. <laughs> it's how many inches of heat it is. <laughs> Three inches is a habanero. Um, Eight inches is like a like a freaking ghost pepper, bro. So I think this person is going around to different classes, and instead of either they're doing this subconsciously, like they already have this planned out, or or they need to start doing this. Either way. Um, our our main character, uh, the one who's embarrassed, who, Pusha Shank. Pusha Shank, yeah, yeah. Uh, who 
with the hot sauce in somebody's eyes. That poor, poor person. So I think what you're saying is that she taught this man a valuable lesson. Yeah. And which was that, you, you know, you need to start wearing your safety glasses when you're on campus because you just never know when some sort of toxic or acidic liquid is going to make it right into your little eye sockets, mm-hmm. do you? Nine out of ten scientists recommend wearing safety goggles all the time. And uh, as we all, all three of us, are experts in embarrassment, how much more is something like wearing safety goggles? Uh, I mean, we all wear them. We're all wearing ours right now. Yeah, I'm wearing mine right now. They're yeah. the G300s. I yeah. can't so. tell you how many embarrassing situations I've seen out in the wild where someone just gets something right into their eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Walking tree branch uh, right Mitch, in the can eye. can I ask you something? How'd you see those? With, through my safety through glasses, Through your dang of safety glasses. Yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. I don't need a magnet in my eye. Heck no. So one time I saw a jellyfish go in someone's eye, right through it, right through their yeah, eye. Yeah, no, man. the man was fine. Like he didn't even feel like it phased right through him, like a like a like a poltergeist. Yeah, it was really weird. I was there. Mitch and I were at the zoo for it was a class field trip, and this you this jellyfish. Oh, I I was there though. I'm just backing you up, bro. It sounds like he was there. I was there. I watched it. He just oh. swam right through the guy's eye. Do, do you have any of your own examples? Maybe where you saw something, uh, some sort of dangerous thing get in someone's eye. Uh no, because the, the G300s, they really cut off my peripheral vision, so <laughs> I miss a lot. But my eyes are safe. Uh, and, you know, it, 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 you would think that it's almost counterproductive, but, you know, you have to wear these while you're driving because that's one of the most dangerous places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you could get you could get some of that air conditioning in your eye, and that's going to dry your eyeballs <laughs> out. And, and what are you going to do, blink? Well, yeah, you accidentally you, yeah. turn the heat up a little I mean, bit too could, high. You could blink, but you're driving, and you don't want to... And if mm-hmm. you blink for one second, like who knows what can happen? Who knows what kind of situation you can find yourself in if you take your your eyes right off the road for just even one second? I don't tell many people this, but uh, I wear my goggles all the time. But I also wear a secondary pair of contact goggles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, they're tiny. They're like contacts. Uh, I have perfect vision, but I wear <laughs> contacts every day. But they're they're goggle contacts in case my my bigger goggles have a failure or malfunction. Somehow, yeah, those secondary ones can back up for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's actually a really good idea. I've never thought about double protection. I've always just done single protection. Yeah, yeah. Your first protection might break, so you and better the, have that. Wait, second and the one. goggles don't like rub together until like they don't like rub together sometimes and like make little cracks in them. Well, they're they're self repairing because they're lubricated, so they'll re- they'll release a self repairing uh, lubricant that that washes over the secondary ones and fills the cracks. Wow, science is amazing. I would have never thought to lubricate goggles because that also keeps your eyes fresh and moist. Keeps mm-hmm. them fresh, keeps them hydrated. And if you're in the car, you got your goggles on. You accidentally turn the heat up a little too little too high. You don't want to dry your eyes out. Guy, have your goggles on. You know, Keep- what I always say wet eye. Wet eyes a good eye. What wet eyes? Wet eyes a good eye. Yeah, that's right. Um, all right. So, so basically what we're saying here, Pusha Shank, is you've actually done this man a favor, and I don't think you need to feel embarrassed. However, in the event that you do feel embarrassed, I suggest you come into class the next day with a pair of safety goggles and say, hey, you idiot, you forgot to wear these, and now you got freaking hot sauce in your eyes. And I bet you learned your lesson, haven't you? You're welcome. <laughs> and I'm not just saying all this stuff about, all this good stuff about safety goggles because they're our sponsor this week. Sa- safety <laughs> goggles are what has a good eye. But I, I am saying that you do need to wear, start wearing more safety goggles. I think everyone should. And I'm not just saying that because they're giving, because they're paying, because they're offering us a little bit of m- money to, to, it's just common promote, sense. to promote their goggles. That, uh, <laughs> well, I see my goggles. <laughs> well I don't, said. I don't want people to think that, that I'm just a sellout, big, big old safety goggle, big safety goggle sellout. Trying to sell safety goggles, I'm not. I I do believe in the product, and I I do want their advertisement money. But I'm not. even if there even if there wasn't a product, you'd believe in it. I, even if there was no safety goggle to sell, I I would still say wet eyes a good eye because it right. is because a wet eye. 
What has a good eye? Is a good eye. Nobody likes dry eye. Okay, so this is a, Sh- a Shrek fan fiction. It was an average morning at the swamp. After stopping Rumpelstiltskin's evil plan, Shrek wanted to settle down and relax. He was living a happy life with Fiona and his three kids. His friends were always there to hang out and help him with his adventures. That's that's pretty nice. That's so cute. Life was good. There was one thing that Shrek never told anyone, even his own wife. A secret he had kept for years and years. Shrek wanted to be naked. He just wasn't a huge fan of clothes and wanted to feel free. Before he met Donkey, Shrek would go around his swamp in his birthday suit. He would even go days without wearing clothes. Unfortunately, people would come near his swamp with pitchforks and torches, and it would interrupt his personal time. Shrek realized that if he was going to deal with humans, he needed to cover up. He then wore his iconic outfit. He then wore his iconic outfit since. Shrek was sitting in his chair until Fiona came in into the room. Shrek was curious as to what Fiona wanted, so he gave her his full attention. She told him that her and the kids were going to far, far away for most of the day to shop. Shrek was a bit confused by her abrupt announcement, but he didn't mind. Fiona soon left with the kids and Shrek was all alone. After a few minutes, Shrek suddenly realized he was all by himself and no one would visit his house. Shrek saw this as an opportunity to finally be completely nude, but he wanted to make sure no one saw him. He locked the door and shut the windows. After doing this, Shrek started to take off his shoes, then his shirt, then his pants, and finally his underwear. Shrek got a bit of a chill with the situation. Shrek can finally be naked without anyone interrupting him. But out of nowhere, Shrek suddenly had the urge to pee, and he needed a bathroom fast. He remembered the outhouse was clogged up again, and there was no more bathrooms in the house. He had no choice but to pee outside on the ground. Shrek checked the backyard to make sure no one was watching him and went outside. Shrek found a good spot and let the yellow stream flow. He peed for about 20 seconds and he felt so good afterwards, since he didn't have to pull down his pants. Shrek went back inside and sat back in his chair. He put his hands behind his head and relaxed once again, and for the rest of the day, Shrek felt free and unrestricted. He didn't have to deal with his family, his friends, his enemies, or anyone. He could finally be himself and be happy. The end. This is quite the literary work. Um, boys, what have what what are some of your uh, constructive criticisms? Okay, sure. Uh, so so Kyle and I will will share our constructive feedback, um, and we'll alternate. And how about we start just just to, so this person doesn't get too discouraged? We'll start with uh, some of the pros. So. Okay, I like that idea. Yeah, let's start. With okay. The pros. Uh, so so my first uh, pro that I would like to to say uh, thank you for coming in today. By the way, uh, the first pro is that you have a really nice allusion to the backstory of uh, of Shrek's original content, and I thought that that lended well to the to the plot progression. I would say I was very impressed. Uh, you clearly have a keen attention to detail. For example, um, the order in which you had Shrek remove his clothes was shoes, shirt, pants, and then underwear. As I understand, as we probably all understand from a literary perspective, shoes represent the traveling, uh, which means he's doing a reverse here. So what Shrek did in his story, which was travel, he removes mm-hmm. that aspect of himself first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. then the shirt is typically that thing which we put on to protect ourselves uh, from work. Yes, and precisely. In that instance, uh, the oh, yeah. shirt, which was the removal of him doing his work. Yeah. Uh, now the pants, uh, that's the thing 
that is typically covering our legs, which hold us up. And with his family leaving uh, to go a long ways away, he was removing the pants, which represents him uh, letting go momentarily of those things which hold us up, which is his family, mm-hmm. his support system. Mm-hmm. And finally, mm-hmm. the underwear, which is that which is our most important and intimate parts of us. Uh, he finally has a chance to um, remove that and be his true self. Mm. Uh, so clearly a, a, a supreme understanding of metaf- the metaphysics of, of our clothing. Yes, was, was yes. Paid there. Very well said. One of my criticisms is that you didn't take the chance to do what I might say was a proper enriching of the previous story. Um, there's retconning previous content, but then there's enriching story that can be laid over the previous story without negating any of the previous content. So here's my example here. Um, you could have improved upon and added depth to the original story by including more donkey in your own story. Um, yes. especially, Always more donkey. Especially, think of the fact here of donkey is this character that emerges in Shrek's life. And Shrek meets this guy who is all the time naked. And he doesn't have any second thought about it. Donkey is just all the time doesn't have clothes on. Mm-hmm. Donkey so, is donkey. <laughs> donkey should represent in Shrek's mind jealousy and envy. Um, because how can this person, how can this donkey do what Shrek has always wanted to do and not care at all what the people think? I think what he should have included in his short fan fiction here is sort of the dynamics between what Shrek wants to be and what donkey is and i think in the movies we typically see shrek as the more capable protagonist where the whole time really shrek was just trying to be more like donkey mm. i like that i think that mm. that speaks uh, a lot of volume as to why shrek was maybe trying to get away from donkey because he represented something that he wanted but couldn't mm. have mm-hmm. yeah i agree Caleb? Uh, yeah i i would just like to on a final note with that i think what they're really trying to do here is take a much more progressive look at the relationship between Shrek and Donkey and and creating a more allegorical take on that interdependent but also opposite relationship. So we push away that which can heal us, right? Mm, and I yeah. think that's really what the picture of, of this story is, is we, we see Donkey representing this freedom, this naturalness, this return to our, to our center. And we know that Shrek has been pushing that away. Because he knows it'll set him free, and he's in love with his own bondage. Um, because a lot of times that's just easier to handle than than new than growth. It, growth is is difficult. Um, so we see a beautiful story of Shrek kind of kind of blooming into his full self and mm-hmm. and finally embracing his donkey. What I would like to see is I would I would like the plot to progress a little bit quicker. I I, I thought it lagged in the beginning just a touch, and I think that Shrek should be closeless a little bit sooner. Yeah, and maybe a little bit longer too. I think I, I really feel like the story really took off as soon as he took that underwear off. Yeah, that, that's that's when there was really uh, there was really this this point of of connection with the character, um, and I didn't I, I wanted more of that. Yeah, I like that. Um, one thing I would like to see change is I would you know I would like to see a little bit more kissing involved in in, in stories. That's kind of what I like to read fan fiction for. Is I like to see the different kinds of characters kissing. Um, I, I would like to I would one thing I haven't seen in a Shrek fan fiction yet is a kissing scene between Shrek and Puss in Boots. And to me, I would just <laughs> that that would really just like light some fireworks in in my heart. Uh, I would think I think it would just really mm. you know kind of bring the story to life. And, and yes, know, yes. We, you know maybe have like a Puss in Boots 
a stripping scene as well. Like, he, you know, he's less to take off, but he's still wearing those boots and he's still wearing that belt and that hat. And he needs to lose those, I think. To add to what you're saying uh, about the speed of the story towards the beginning and, and maybe getting more to the action quicker, uh, there's this term, in, there, there's this literary term called in medes res, uh, which is uh, typically how older stories were written. Uh, so think uh, Homer's stories, which means. In Medes Res means it started in the middle of the action. So um, oftentimes the stories would begin right during a fight or a battle and then would zoom out typically, like zoom out from what there's that minuscule story of the battle was to explain the grander context. So I think here what you might have uh, benefited from is starting with Shrek uh, in that moment, in that very... Um, I would argue while he was peeing. While he's yeah. peeing, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Ten seconds of his peeing, yeah, and then like maybe, the story began. and yes. then maybe in your writing, um, have what what some artists call the record scratch, and then have Shrek say, "How did I get here?" And then you can sort of explain oh, how you got I, there. That's you know that'd be a great uh, thing to include in the literary work that could be easily adapted into the movies. Right. All right. So that that's our suggestions to you i suggest that you take them because we are literary experts and we do have degrees in this field this one is brought to us by one of our own listeners conversation ender 96 i was on a work trip after speaking at a youth group my team and i were at a gas station getting ice cream with the youth pastors and some students the conversation was quite fun but never seemed to end we got up to leave but the conversation kept going we went outside hoping this would be a cue that we wanted to be done but the conversation went on, still. At some point, we started talking about concerts and mosh pits. And someone said to me, you know, I can't imagine you ever being in a mosh pit. I responded, oh, I've been to a mosh pit at a Toby Mac concert. <laughs> and <laughs> after that statement was made, they all silently turned around, got in their cars, and drove away. Conversation ended. It was as if Toby <laughs> Mac Mosh Pit was a universal cue to abandon any conversation where it was, and they unanimously, unanimously all followed that cue like a well-oiled machine. They literally did not say a word. They didn't wave. They just left. My team has never let me live it down. Please send help. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. This is great. Oh, my goodness. This is even... This hits a little close to home. Because I have like, I haven't been to many concerts in my life, but my like one of my few concert stories is being at a Toby Mac concert, and it was Winter Jam like 2014 or 2013 or something. No, it's definitely before that. Anyways, I was at a Toby Mac concert, and my own one and only like crowd surfing story is not me crowd surfing. It's Toby Mac jumped into the crowd to crowd surf, and I got to hold up Toby Mac's foot. Ooh, wait, which is his left good. foot or his right foot? I think it was his left, but it's a pretty vague mm, memory. Okay, um, well. yeah, I actually remembered. I left. Uh, I have to brush my teeth, so I actually have to go. See ya. <laughs> Did he just leave? Like, like in the story? Caleb. Caleb, come back. Wait, are you, done are you done talking about Toby Mac? Yeah, I'm done. Just sitting in the lo sitting in the dark alone over here. Okay, here's what I want. I'm I'm back now. I'm back. Okay, I'm back. Here's what I want to do is I I I, I don't want to say that name again. <laughs> is that is that fair? That's a fair. Can we say TM? Um, only if you're talking about Teenage Mutants. <laughs> fair enough. Okay, so let's uh let's let's uh address this problem then. 
So you've ostracized yourself from the main group. You are uh, you are. Uh, a- I'm sorry. Did you just say ostrich size? Yeah, ostrich size. So what? What? Just clarifying. Okay. I thought you tripped up over your words, but maybe not. I don't. Do you, can I get a definition on that, Mitch? Uh, what's ostrich size? Ostrich size. You have made yourself the awkward size of an ostrich. <laughs> <laughs> it's like too big. It's like too big for a bird. You know, it's ugh, you're like, too big to fly. Like, but... a bird should not be that big. A bird should be small, like a <laughs> little chick. So you've made yourself this incredibly awkward size compared to the rest of the group, and they have left you because that's your freak. <laughs> I'm assuming you want to, it's, you see, I'm a little confused because it sounded like you didn't want to be a part of their group and then you ostracize yourself from the group and now you want to be back within their group. So what I think maybe you should do is maybe talk about something that they're interested in. Um, maybe like insane clown posse or <laughs> limp biscuit. Oh, that's a good one. And it's I, an okay band. I, I put them in the same category as corn, but, um, what's another, what's another band that, that would get, that would get them back in the group. Thousand foot crutch, bro. <laughs> Do I hear another story? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, the uh, first album I ever bought for myself was Thousand Foot Crutch's first album, and it was a self-titled Thousand Foot Crutch, and I still listen to it to this day. Nice, it's a terrible album. A it's terrible the story. unholy alliance <laughs> between rock and rap, hip hop, mm-hmm. and that was a thing. I have Facebooked local Toby Max. Um, ones that maybe you could be talking about instead. Here's what I found. I found a man named Toby Mac from Illinois. Um, wait, hold on. Actually, it just looks like the same guy. Let me try again here. Okay, actually, there's no one else named Toby Mac in the United States, so (laughs) it looks like like we're not going to be able to tell them that maybe you you were talking about a different Toby Mac, and I I hate myself because I've said that name so many times, (laughs) and I wish I could just, my soul could just leave my physical form. (laughs) <laughs> but I, I've been trying to, as I've been saying it, it's not really working out. So I'm just gonna have to keep pushing through until that's until I'm able to do that. Boys, do you have any other suggestions? Mine seems to have fallen flat on its head. Yeah, I mean, I just want to applaud. It was a good call, you know. Try to dodge it, act like you know it's it's a different Toby Mac, you know, one that doesn't isn't lame and embarrassing. I, I don't need any patronizing, but thank you. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. <laughs> so you had no ideas. You just. Started talking to make me no, feel No, no, no. I have an idea, but no, I'm not going to say it because you patronized me. So I think, like, Something what we're dealing with here is we're dealing with high schoolers, which we all know high schoolers can be cruel. They can be social piranhas. Not social pariahs. Social piranhas. They'll just eat you alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as you <laughs> as soon as soon you show any sort of failure at being completely 100% socially adept and capable, they will destroy you. They'll pounce like a freaking supple leopard supple. On, a, on the carcass of an elk. We've all been there. We've all been there. Now, I think one of the things you need to do is, you know, know your audience. Look, I, I, I studied communication. One of the things I know is know your audience. Mm-hmm. And he needs to start practicing what's called in the in the high school realm. Well, this is very insider knowledge here. so <laughs> It's called... Yo mama jokes. So it's it's a certain sort of, you might call it a ritual, in which um, social groups within high school or high school societies ascertain and establish dominance. Uh, now a yo mama joke, when executed perfectly, will show how dumb somebody is merely by their relation to their own mother. Mm, wow. Um, wow. And this might be on a characteristic of the mother's size. Sure. Um, it might be her ostrich size. It also might be her mental capability or qualities. It also might be her physical appearance, such as how 
attractive or unattractive she is. Sure, sure. Okay, I'm uh, with so you. So I do believe our listener here has to amass some of the best Yo Mama jokes so that when this sort of situation arises again, he can comedically slaughter all of these high schoolers, uh, use their own tools against them. Right, so hunt them down. And challenge them formally. Individually. Individually, formally, to a Yo, a yo Mama battle. Yes. And televise it mm-hmm. so that the whole world can see their shame and then just destroy their moms and them by association. <laughs> can, may I try? May I try and maybe give our listeners some examples of how to adequately destroy a high schooler with using his mother as an example? Oh, excellent. Please, please do. Okay. Um. Okay, let me try. Here we go. Um. Your mother... Is so fat. I took a picture of her last Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think? Uh, it's a bit obscure. I feel like you're missing missing the mark on this one a little bit. Also, okay. you might be losing out on some of your audience that doesn't celebrate Christmas. Oh, oh, oh shoot! Yeah, you're also okay. losing out on all the audience that doesn't have a mom. So, oh, okay. Let me try this again. Let me try again. <laughs> let me try again. Your guardian is so fat. When Heasley She Slee got on the scale, it said, I need your weight. That was superb. Okay, one more just for good measure. Yeah. Your mother slash father slash guardian slash brother slash sister is so ugly when he slash she slash Slee tried to join an ugly contest, they said sorry. That might that might be a compliment though, right? I mean Oh, not, yeah, when you say it like that, I kind of see what you're talking about. <laughs> Can you give me one more? Oh, man. I feel like I'm really just striking out. Yeah, here. yeah, you are. Okay. Um, okay. I got uh, one. Let me think. Let me think. Um, I got your, one. Your, mom, your mama, your, ma- your mammy is so fat and old. When God said, let there be light, he asked your mother <laughs> to move out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent delivery. Okay. That was Fantastic. Oh, yeah, you got I, it. You got it finally. Yeah, I think I was trying to get there. Yeah, you got there. Okay, so yeah. there you go. Um, that's kind of an example of like what we're talking about here is when you when you need to verbally destroy and mock your your high school subordinates. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the kind of stuff you want to be pulling out of mm-hmm. your of your back pocket. And you know, I'm I'm happy to to let you use any of my material I've said tonight. Um, mm-hmm. uh, a wet wet eye, good eye. Um, that's <laughs> that that probably being like a, well, uh, not really like a great thing to say, but. You know, you get the idea. You can like play off of that if you need to. <laughs> I just, just picture someone coming up to you and being like, like you disrespect them, and they're just, oh yeah, well a wet eye is a good eye, <laughs> just stomping away. <laughs> You'd kill them with that one, man. Yeah. Roasted, dead in the water, dead in the water hot sauce to the eye with that one, man, for sure. All right, got all right. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's going to do it for us on this episode of Fix That For You. Make sure to send in your submissions. They, they can be aired on next week's episode of Fix That For You. Also, if you have a, a particular topic you would like us to edit in our new fanfiction section, just pop us in a tweet or pop us in a little Facebook message. Say, hey, I want you guys to review some One Tree Hill fanfiction. And you know what? We're going to do it because we like to submit ourselves that kind of torture. But you ask for it, we're going to give it to you. Yeah, you're going to be able to find us on Facebook at FTFY Podcast. You can find us on Twitter. Tweet at us at FTFY Pod. And you can email those stories into us so that we can read them out loud and fix them for you at FTFYpodcast at gmail.com. Also, a big shout out to Cold Soda Club for our use of their song, Gnip Gnip. Uh, We really enjoy listening to that song as the 
podcast begins and you should check them out if you like that that gym melts man like every time every time i hear that uh, my head starts banging dude that makes me want to shred on the velveta cheese of jams bro so good Mm. i also have one shout out before we go here ups the wit uh gave us a review on itunes he says lol five stars great comedic presentation of engineering hacks um, so I'm not sure oh. if that's exactly <laughs> a a good thing, but he gave us five stars. So I, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna lean towards he likes it. So if you're listening to this episode of Fix That for You, make sure to give us a rate and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. That would really help us out, just for recognition's sake. Also, you can share it with a friend, and that would also help us out. So uh, you can go ahead and burn this out on a DVD and uh, give it to a buddy. Yeah, actually, uh, if you could put it on a floppy disk, that that might be the best way to do it. Yeah, or maybe uh, somehow scratch it onto a vinyl and listen to it with the whole fam. That'd be a fun time. Yeah, oh, that'd God. be throw it throw it on the record player and have the whole fam jam in. Yeah. All right, we better get out of here. I'm your lamp post, Mitch Hesham. I'm your Twitter post, Kyle Ryan. And I'm your Facebook ghost, Caleb Carson. And you're welcome.